0: Welcome back to Not to Mention Mentionables, and don't forget to listen to Not to Mention every week, or else. Oh. That, that's pretty, I like that, Not to, uh, welcome back to Not to Mention Mentionables. <laughs> that worked, that worked
1: well. The or else is a little threatening. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to threaten your audience. No, like it's like a friendly or else. We do know audiences like to be screamed Just at. Just
0: giving our our, our audience a, an ultimatum. So Josh, uh, quick what trivia is, for what you. Is the,
1: well, yeah, go ahead, go, well, let's move
0: on. Thanksgiving trivia. What did they eat at the first Thanksgiving dinner, go. Just say the turkey. obvious one. Yeah, they ate turkey. Yeah, <laughs> corn. Man, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be... Ron! No, I'm kidding. You're not wrong. So I mean, wrong. you're still right. They did eat turkey. But okay. actually, one of the main staples of that meal... The main
1: entree. Um,
0: the eel. Uh, what? The the, e- the eel yes eels. The eels eels were actually a huge part of the pilgrims diet uh, especially in the winter times it was basically a lifesaver and they wrote about it and talked about how the bounty of eels from the river was the a plentiful life-saver. bounty the of ble- eels
1: yes of course In gross man we don't hardly <laughs> learn about
0: that at all yeah uh, I have looked into uh, eels as a cuisine they don't sound. Super uh, tasty, to be honest, but, you know. Eel sauce is good, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying that I've never tried it, so I'm not uh, dogging it necessarily. Like, I'll try anything once, but uh, just based on the creature itself, kind of gross, right? Now, you may be asking me, Mm -hmm. Colin, why are we talking about eels right now? Well, believe it or not, that is the topic of our next mentionable mystery. Really?
1: This mentionable mystery. Right now, right now. Basically, Josh, what Colin is trying to say: Happy Thanksgiving, mention wolves. Let's fucking go. <laughs>
0: mentioned, we are here to talk about the fish so nice they named it twice. Aingea Aingea. Also known as the Europe- European eel. The the European the, eel. Yeah. The I fish mean, so nice, they named, named it twice. Twice. Yep. Nice. That's right.
1: And that was Josh. And before that was Colin.
0: And now you're listening to Ryan.
1: And that's me. And this is not to mention podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just start introducing yeah, ourselves sorry. like that no, every no, time. Yeah, should we do just every time? I was so excited that I jumped the gun. That's, that's Colin. Okay. That's good. That's Colin. Yeah, I'm Colin. <laughs> This? <laughs> Should let's start over. <laughs> Eels were once so proliferous, you could feed entire nations on the stuff. Now so pl- 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 proliferous. I mean, proliferous. Yeah, is this like a, I feel like this is
1: a buckle up situation. mentioned wolves. Like we got some big <laughs> words getting thrown at us here.
0: Now they're critically endangered, mostly due to you guessed it, human activity. Of course. I- what else <laughs> the hard part about Debatable. saving eels and you know <laughs> conservation in general is that we know very little about them since the beginning of written history eels have perplexed scientists in fact up until very recently we knew so little about them scientists made a term to describe our lack of knowledge regarding these slimy beady-eyed fishes the eel question the eel, the question. big eel question. This is what keeps me up at night, really, guys. No, this I is, mean,
1: it's a, it's a, this is a meaning of life type of situation. Yeah. If you yeah. figure out about the eels, you will then find. If, the if meaning you find of the of eel life. answer,
0: you find the yeah. meaning of life. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now scientists have only
0: oddly enough. 42. Yeah. Oh, it is 42. We all know that. <laughs> Eel answer is 42. <laughs> Scientists have actually started to discover a little bit more about eels. Like, like I said, very recently. So recently they were coming out with like uh, news stories and articles and stuff as I was writing and researching this episode. No shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. For, for the he sake. Was a, I, I watched him get angry a couple times because he's like, well, we're in the middle. I'm like, I'm learning all of this shit. And it's but- a mystery. But it's becoming less and less, less of, of a mystery. mystery. So that being said, for the sake of keeping our mystery mysterious, I will be saving that big reveal for the end. And speaking as if it didn't even happen. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, so, like, basically, as history is learning about the eel, so will we. We're gonna start. We're going in the beginning.
1: Time, Josh. I
0: mean, it's the best place. The best to place start. to start. Oh,
1: we're going back to the beginning, uh, the dawning of the eel.
0: The eel was studied by a lot of very well-known scientists and academics, but none so famous or old as Aristotle. Mm, That's nice right, name folks. Aristotle. Aristotle himself was into eels, super into them. Uh, his work *Historia Animalium* talked about him a lot—the history of animals. It is the most comprehensive study of animals during that time. He asks two important questions throughout: What, as in, what are the animals? And why? Why are the animals that way? He answers these questions through close observation, and it's widely believed that Aristotle was single-handedly responsible for the birth of biology, zoology uh natural sciences etc his work okay. was considered the standard for thousands smart of smart guy huh <laughs> He's a real bright yeah. guy real bright guy many of his observations were considered by some to be false or fanciful but were later discovered to be mostly factual and he was like in your face bitch oh <laughs> mic drop boo even though he was dead I put a little dampener around things but all right afterlife he- mic drop yes, yes. He wrote an inordinate amount about them, and more than likely dissected dozens of them in hopes of unlocking their secrets, maybe even hundreds, who knows. I'm sure this is an exaggeration, but it seems like he had a bit of an obsession with them. Which just goes to show you how elusive they were to him, and to science. And of all the things he wrote about eels, he got a lot wrong. Very wrong. Like, ridiculously wrong. No, ridiculously wrong. Hey, not, it, not only does it say or show how elusive uh, they were, but also kind of like how important they were. Like, it must have been some sort of staple of their diet, I assume. Yeah, yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Yeah, like, you don't focus so much on something that doesn't have any importance, you yeah. know? Or
1: maybe they were scared. Maybe, well, maybe they thought it was
0: weird. E- humans definitely have always thought that eels are weird, uncanny. Uh, in some mythologies, they're, like, demon-like. They're considered, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. There's, they're
1: pretty nasty looking. They're, I, um, know, I mean, they're I've never told you guys, but my spirit
0: and... animal animal is actually an eel. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm going to get an eel tattoo when we're done with <laughs> this. <laughs> tattoo? <laughs> oh, I'm so into it. Uh, when you flex, you make it swim. Yeah. 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 All right, so here's a list of things Fuck. that Aristotle got wrong and right. Or we'll we'll start with the things he got right, and then we'll go to wrong.
1: Which list is bigger? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so the eel can move between fresh and salt water. Okay, so these are these are true. This is correct. Okay. Yes, he got this part right. Okay. Fresh and salt water. It has unusually small gills. It's nocturnal and it hides in deep water during the day that's it okay that's that's about what he got right yeah i mean it's not bad so what he got wrong some good observations yeah eels eat grass roots and sometimes mud it has no scales they're actually just so small they're invisible to the naked eye Uh, it lives for seven to eight years it can survive on land for five or six days longer if the wind blows from the north what the (laughs) fuck And last but certainly not least, it has no reproductive organs and does not give birth or lay eggs. It is sexless and spawns from nothing. Um... Okay, I'm still a little caught up on the whole north
1: winds thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? Really so jumping to some conclusions. If, it, if I feel the wind like. blows from the south, what ha- like was there <laughs> did they take into account the other direction? They're like, "No, north winds, that's they pro- they live longer. There's, there's more oxygen on yeah. northerly winds." Well, and then, you know, there's somebody comes up and I'm like, "And yes sir, now what about uh, of course westerly winds?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're just going to leave that one alone." Uh, We're east, not going to take a look into that. Yeah, is that, is that
0: normal, like, uh, methodology in science? Like, okay, which direction is the wind blowing and, while and this how experiment do, is happening? Yeah,
1: and how does that affect the eels on land?
0: We're in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he was so certain about that these these also this. just
1: poof up from nowhere, right? These yeah, just yeah. He, appear he, out of thin air.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we'll go a little bit more into that in a second here. But he uh he had studied them so thoroughly that he wrote, There can be no doubt about this being so and he even uses words of ridicule to describe those who would think otherwise, basically saying, like, they clearly haven't studied eels firsthand, and if they have, they're fucking incompetent. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. If they had, they would know. Yeah. The eel is so elusive that the smartest man of his time, the leading expert on the subject, and the last person on Earth considered to have held all of mankind's collective knowledge inside of his brain believed eels spawned from nothing yeah we obviously know. know that science says this must be wrong, impossible, even, but the lack of physical evidence for thousands of years says otherwise. Demiels be elusive <laughs> <laughs> now they there, though he he had like <laughs> so so a lot of my information I got from the book, The Book of Eels, by Patrick Svenson. yeah, this is the book that he's been he's,
1: he's not hiding from me hiding from you this time.
0: It was a fantastic book and really, really fucking interesting from beginning to finish. It wasn't, like, too packed full of, like, science and dates and stuff. Right, like dragging out withdrawal information. Yeah, it it was very well written in a way that, like makes somebody who is a layman on the subject really interested like holy crap you gotta be kidding me that's real <laughs> like so you didn't have to be a harvard student yeah, to enjoy the book yeah and he actually like includes a lot of little stories from his childhood catching eels with his dad which is why he's really interested in them. he used to catch them constantly down on a river right by his property uh, regular so, old eel hunter eh? yeah yeah and uh, it, the book was <laughs> that is, that so thing. good that, like, I, I kid you not, and this might sound ridiculous, but I kind of teared up a little bit at the end, oh. which was oh my. a little bit ridiculous because I was on a plane. So I was, like, sitting there trying not to just, like, cry at a book on a plane. Little Timmy like, the Eel got all grown up by the fantastic. end. Well, it, that is fantastic. Well, his dad passes away. The and... eel's dad? No.
1: Oh. <laughs> the author's. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I was still... <laughs> I was (laughs) fixated
0: on the story of little Timmy the eel. He has like a touching story about like eels showing up at a lake that his dad had always thought they should be in. Like, it doesn't matter. But it's basically Finding Nemo,
1: but with eels. And it's based on a true story. This it's guy wild.
0: did a lot of the legwork. Uh, his research into Aristotle alone was really fascinating. And he has uh, this really cool little story about Aristotle basically saying you can see the evidence of eels spawning from nothing by simply waiting for a drought, looking at a dry lake bed or pond or river. No, right. no eels. Yeah. It rains, eels. So they must spawn from nothing. Or the rain. The north the r- wind, probably. The north wind. The north, north winds, wind was what, what, what see, did it, yeah. it's the
1: north winds mixed with the rain that brings the eels.
0: Basically, what I think was happening is the eels were just, like, lying dormant in the mud, probably deep enough that you just couldn't see them, and then when it got wet enough, they would wriggle back to the surface, basically, and he took that as they're coming from their... Uh, there were all kinds of beliefs throughout different cultures. Pliny the Elder thought that they rubbed against rocks and particles of their skin turned into new eels. I'm sorry,
1: you just said that as if this was my grandfather. Who?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, the only reason I know who that is is because there's a beer named after him. Oh. Okay. okay. Uh, he was a famous scholar. He died in the uh, the Pompeii uh, the volcano? volcanic eruption of Mount Suvi- uh, oh. Vesuvius. Okay. Uh, So, God, he's so smart. (laughs) Oh, man. What a smart smart guy. Uh, So, there was another guy. I don't even know when he lived or what he's famous for. Take that back. Not so smart, but keep going. Athenaeus.
1: (laughs) You're so smart. Oh, there was another guy. I don't remember his name. (laughs) Secret
0: fluid uh, that that they secreted uh, that sprang uh, new eels from the mud. Like, this fluid would sink down into the mud, and new eels would be born from it uh egyptians thought the same that they sprang from nothing uh europe uh for a lot of their history thought that they sprang from decomposing vegetation or horse's hairs was one of them or uh, other dead eels really often left field there so yeah i don't know really weird shit oh so
1: eels like come out of other eel dead eels like a zombie yeah yeah (laughs) zombie (laughs) zombie zombie eels. eels
0: yeah reborn zombie eels in the medieval ages they were widely believed to be viviparous meaning to give birth to live young and in the 1600s isaac walton claimed they were viviparous and sexless giving birth to live young grown inside the body of a single adult eel however it was later found that the tiny worm like creatures inside eels that most likely believed to be baby eels were in fact parasites oh okay (laughs) so not baby eels yeah gross so here we're going to skip forward a lot.
1: Okay, we're moving forward in time now. To
0: uh, a point in time where people are becoming interested in eels again, and science has progressed enough for them to actually Colin, do w- something whatever about Whatever you have it. to
1: tell yourself that people are interested in eels, buddy. You right, right. right. we passed through right. the dark ages of eels and gone <laughs> into the golden
0: age of eel now. So we're skipping Correct. forward to like 1707. Okay. We're skipping
1: forward to 2022, <laughs> where
0: I got really hooked on eels. Right up until this point, uh, this is pretty much what we don't know about eels. Humans have never bred eels in captivity and have never witnessed eels fertilize or reproduce. No fucking shit. No one has identified a baby eel. No one knows how to identify the sex of an eel or their reproductive organs. No one knows how long they live. No one knows where they come from geographically. No one knows how they navigate. For a long time, it was believed they were a species all their own. And no one even knows that different types of eels, glass eels, elvers, yellow eels, and silver eels are all actually just angia angia in different stages of life. Wow, I have so many, I have a million questions and every single one is why. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. Now, as we uh, move a little bit further forward, you'll you'll see why. That's the beauty of this guy's book is like, you, you go on the internet and you look up what we don't know about eels... And you don't find a whole lot. Like, it's not very extensive, and a lot of people have a lot of misinformation, like, oh, we know nothing about them. Like, no, we know Yeah, that's, that's a little big. Yeah, yeah, exaggerating, yeah, for sure. So, the eels from Camacho. That's what we're going to talk about next. A surgeon sees an unusually fat eel in Camacho and feels the urge to find out why by cutting it open. He sees what he thinks are eggs and reproductive organs. Possibly a pregnant eel, right? Yeah, so maybe. He's- maybe. So he sends it to a professor of natural history who sends it to the University of Bologna, where I assume it was passed around like table salt and gravy. An anatomy professor, Antonio Maria Valsalva, claimed it was nothing but unsensational fatty tissue. Another theory, possibly a collapsed swim bladder. Either way, not reproductive organs. So there's another feller by the name of Pietro Molinelli. Uh, He offers a reward to anyone who can show him an eel with eggs inside. He's like, I want this shit. How Lord. much? I don't know, but it was a fairly substantial amount and enough right. that. Uh, well, And I guess by like these days standards, it wouldn't have really meant yeah. as much. But we could have done the conversion and like made it fun. That that w- that's very interesting to me. Yeah, it is, and I actually was kind of curious about that too. I don't. I wasn't able to find the number super easily. Um, but either way, they do get a promising specimen, and uh, basically, it turns out some jackass shoved Roe from another fish into a dead eel. To get the reward money. For the hundred schmeckles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh Got so hustled. So nothing really comes of that. But 70 years later, someone finds another fat eel near Camaccio, sends it to the University of Bologna, and it's dissected again. This time by a fellow named Carlo Mandini. And Carlo did indeed find reproductive organs this time and was able to ter- determine that the previous eel from Camaccio simply did have a collapsed swim bladder. So he's okay. saying the previous one collapsed swim bladder. This one, I got the real deal. In 1876, another academic with a household name became interested in the eel, 19-year-old Sigmund Freud, and he became almost as obsessed as Aristotle, maybe more so. Uh, and he was looking for the eel's testicles. I hadn't I, I had no idea but somehow this does not surprise me. Right? I know, right? It kind of makes sense. And actually, uh, in the Book of Eels, he makes a lot of mentions to, like, you know, a lot of parallels to his study of, you know, human sexual nature and then, you know, the eels and his lack of ability to find them and his frustration with that. It's pretty right. kind like, of fascinating, it, actually. It, like, if you were to start the, the conversation with eel balls, I'd be like, what? And then you were like, Sigmund Freud, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Scientists had been able to verify Mondini's previous findings, and the next step to solving the eel question was to find the testicles on a male eel. A guy named Carl Klaus specialized in marine zoology, and he had just as much of an interest as eels in eels as anyone else in the field, so he sent his student, Sigmund, to Trieste to find the testes. The quest for the test. The quest <laughs> the quest for the testes. The testes quest.
1: The testes quest.
0: I'm not sure how long he was there. Some things that I read online said, like, four weeks. Some said four months. spent
1: Uh, an eternity looking for those testicles. It
0: was a long time. It was enough for him to dissect over 400 eels. That's a lot of eels. And he never found a male. Not one. Every eel seemed to be female or without organs or... Whatever, and without evidence of an opposite sex, you can't differentiate one from the other and say this is male and this is female. This dude right. opened and he up four eels and was like, "I don't know what any of this." i so picturing at this point, him with a pile he's of, of he's eels. He knows what he's looking for, like, though. Right? I'm just
1: massacring eels at this point. <laughs> right. like, <what> <laughs> no.
0: I've, I've discovered. Look what I've done. This is awful. No, and actually, like, there was a lot of frustration there, and some of the letters that he wrote, he talks about dreaming of dissecting eels and how oh. awful that is. Ooh. Yeah, it's weird. Having nightmares, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, but he does know what to look for at this point, right? Because it's been uh, documented that they, someone found it. Well, so they found female reproductive organs. Sorry, I should have specified. Okay. And so now they're trying to find the male. Right. And, right. Right. But right, they ca- hence but, quest for tests Okay. I yeah, I get it. I guess I I was yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 So Josh like is up to speed. They found one. They need to find the other. He also describes like the monotony of. Having to do the same thing every day, he goes down to the fish market, buys a bunch of eels, comes home, starts dissecting until lunch, eats lunch, starts dissecting until bedtime, think goes he ate to bed. Wow, mentionables! If you needed to feel better about your job, yeah, <laughs> there no you go. Shit. Dude. Do you think he ate eel? And and all the all along, Probably. making absolutely yeah. no progress, like whatsoever. And you know, this was kind of a way for him to put his name in the history books—the person who discovered the the yeah. testicles of the eel. And now he's <laughs> just
1: known as the guy who just massacred
0: 400 <laughs> eels to find out
1: uh, d- nothing. Jack. Zilch. No. Zilch.
0: Obviously, fortunately for him, he didn't have any problems with that. He got his name in the history books, but... About 20 years later, a eel was finally assault found. Charges. And what we came... What? I said assault charges. <laughs> you said he got his name in, in the it. annals of history. <laughs> oh, assault charges. I got you. I got you. I was a little bit little bit behind on that one. Okay. I was too, really. <laughs> so about 20 years later, somebody did find an eel with testicles. They, they had fully developed and everything. Yes, it was the Holy Grail. They held it up and they were like, look it! eel balls Uh, and and to clarify Josh uh, he did have a little bit of an idea of what he was looking for because somebody had previously claimed to have found them and like this is what they looked like this is where they were so like he had like maybe a little bit maybe what they might be yeah right, but, but not much to go off of Okay. so as Patrick Svensson put it in the book of eels an eel becomes what it needs to be when the time is right the eel isn't on any sort of biological clock this shit
1: isn't a fucking
0: superhero the eel doesn't develop sex organs until it's necessary and so far as i can tell the eel just kind of decides when it's necessary
1: so wait this thing just swims around asexual right like uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, just picture you're going back and forth like an eel just like cruising you're doing your thing and you're like am i a guy my girl.
0: <laughs> Today, tomorrow, nah, Well, I'll, I'll wait. You know. I wait. Yeah, I wait.
1: I'm young. Do you think they go through like the classic, like yes. uh, teenage, like <laughs> angst era where they're like, "I don't know if I'm going to be a male or female
0: mom. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I want to be." <laughs> I love that you guys are going down this road because this is exactly how I was thinking about all. They of go this. to college and like,
1: oh, haven't decided yet, huh? Minus you get, like
0: Ostracized. It's
1: a really good coming-of-age story.
0: Somewhere around the 1890s, the European eel's metamorphosis was finally observed, establishing a link between the yellow eel and the silver eel. And from there, scientists were able to kind of make a map of the eel's life cycle. They know it comes from the ocean, and assume probably breeds somewhere in the Mediterranean, although they're wrong. Uh, so here's what the life cycle of an eel looks like. Well, ain't that cute. What <laughs> <But> it's wrong! <laughs> exactly. Fucking uh, idiots. So they start uh, as at least what we know at this point in time. Uh, they start as glass eels, and glass eels are actually considered a delicacy because they're really hard to find and catch. Uh, they move inland into fresh water, and once they hit fresh water, they start turning into elvers, which are like little tiny worm-like eels. And then those eventually swim upstream, and they uh, grow into yellow eels, and they find a home, they hunker down, and they don't move. They don't leave their hidey hole. They they come up long enough to snag a worm or a bug, and they go back down, and they stay there for, like, 10 to 15, maybe 20 years until eventually wow. they just randomly up and decide, yep, yeah, it's breeding time. It's Look, around that, they, it's around that
1: era, where that, that age where they're like, Maybe I should settle down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, maybe I've been playing too much Pokemon lately, but I feel like you're telling me the final form of the eel is the yellow eel. Well, no. It it once it's done. Yeah, the yellow eel then decides moves on. Yeah, once it decides it's ready to breed, it starts a metamorphosis into the silver eel. Oh, the silver eel is the is its final evolution. Final form. Yep. And uh, once it has, you go from glass to yellow <laughs> to elven elver. Elver. Elven to yellow. And then from yellow <laughs> we're to We're losing them, guys. We're losing them. <laughs> no, we're not losing. I got this. You stick with me, mentionables. Okay. No. We'll talk more about the metamorphosis later because we don't that is have really to. interesting. But we know there are male and female eels at this point. We know yeah. that they go through this yeah. crazy metamorphosis more than once in their life and that they breed in the ocean and live in land. What, what we don't know is where they actually breed. Right. Enter... Johannes or Johannes Schmidt? I'm not sure. Johanna? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not Johanna. Johanna Schmidt. Schmidt. Schmidt was dedicated to solving Schmitty. the eel question and suspected that the larvae had been that had been found in the Mediterranean were too large to have been newly hatched. So he didn't think that theory really lined up. Yeah, okay, so that he was saying that that one had no uh, no tread, no grip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. validity. He began the long search for smaller eel larvae in 1904. Uh, From 1904 to 1911, he searched along the coasts of Iceland, Faroe Islands. He trawled north off of Norway and Denmark, south along the Atlantic coast of Europe, past Morocco, Canary Islands, into the Mediterranean, and to the Egyptian coast. And he found hundreds, maybe thousands, of little willow-shaped eel larvae. And all of them were the same size, between 2.5 and 3.5 inches. Which was incredibly frustrating, because if they're not getting smaller, that means he's not getting closer. He makes another very correct assumption. further and further away. They must come from further out to sea, if he's not finding anything smaller by the coasts. So he gets a better ship and sets out into deeper ocean. Apparently, seven years of catching larvae, documenting them for science, and, you know, sailing from one place to another wasn't enough to burn him out. (laughs) What? Um, Wow, that's a lot. He was a dedicated dude. Uh, Between 1911 and 1914, he started tracing the larvae out to sea, slowly documenting different sized larvae across large swaths of ocean in order to slowly pinpoint where they were all coming from. Where do you get the funds for that? He, yeah, he was, who like, he, is funding he this? He had to do some looking around. He had to find people who were like, "Yeah, I bet he did."
1: Well, <laughs> and one, it's just like what a I calling. Mean, what yeah, a well, calling. Well, that's man. what I was about to say. Who wakes up someday and they're like eels? I am fuck. <laughs> like okay, people wake and up hand. and someone's got to do there's it. There's people who wake up and they're like, "Oh, I'm going on fish tour." I get it, but like, who's like, "I'm going on fucking, <laughs> I'm going on eel tour, dude." Like I'm, fo- I'm following eels wherever they go. Yes. <laughs> like, Like, what in the fuck, dude? So, he... I love the
0: band Eel, actually.
1: Yeah, you big, big Eel fan? Big Eel fan. I've heard that Eel is gonna open up for fish fantastically enough.
0: So, he did a lot of searching out in the open ocean. <laughs> right, it's pretty dumb. I'm I also sorry. love the band Beating a Dead Horse. <sighs> oh, wow. So, he spent three years out <laughs> in the deeper ocean, and... <laughs> unfortunately in 1914 the earth plunged headfirst into worldwide warfare and his efforts were put on hold until 1920 when he finally went out one last time and did the like last little bit of charting he needed to do and narrowed it down to what we now call the sargasso sea
1: turns out he found where they uh they come from he decided to stay and live with them never really never came back Yeah, it's like a Lost City of Z situation, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he integrated (laughs) with the Eel Society. He
1: became one with the
0: Eels and lived the rest of his life. Tale as old as time, really. (laughs) So, like, almost 20 years, I think, after he set out. Yeah, 1904 was when he set out. And 1923, he finally publishes a paper that's, like, peer-reviewed and everything, I assume, that is documenting where they come from. And it says, Dear colleagues, this will be my last venture
1: looking for the eels as I have found and discovered where they come from. I do think he, he I am now integrating a part of integrating, you know. Like, <laughs> I've become one with the eel.
0: They've made me one of their own.
1: I'm now metamorphosing into a silver, my final evolution.
0: <laughs> I feel like a Pokemon. Okay, we know that they're in the Sargasso Sea, uh, but we don't know how they mate, what their mating ritual is like, where they do it. We haven't seen them do it. We just are assuming it's in this place based on this evidence. Right. Uh, Nobody's seen them give birth. Uh, For a long time, scientists were forced to say things like, evidence points to, and we're fairly certain, and we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, etc and in fact at the time of finishing the book of eels neither of those questions were still answered oh like uh the writing okay
1: so my theory is it's much like us humans they probably they turn on some good music maybe uh have a nice like seaweed dinner with some bugs maybe
0: some white wine
1: yes a little i don't really want to keep going with
0: the bit it doesn't have to be like (laughs) wrap it up Apparently, at some point in October this year, it was reported that scientists were able to officially track eels back to the Sargasso Sea and can say for certain that is the home of the eels. Unfortunately, we still haven't observed them breed in the wild, but if I'm not mistaken, they have actually been successfully bred in captivity, uh, which is probably a huge step towards conservation. Not on any large scale, because that's difficult to do, but they use like hormone treatments and stuff. So they know how they do it now. Yes, yeah. Like recently. Yes, very recently.
1: Like within the month. Well, well, within, like within this last, this past month, they've figured this out. Wow. Uh,
0: the breeding in captivity, I think they might've done a couple months or maybe a year before, but yeah, this is all like since 2020 on, uh, and we didn't track them to Sargasso Sea until October, October of this year. Last month. As Big a- news in the scientific community. We've caught eels banging on tape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. God damn it, now, dude. see,
0: that is where the eel question still evades us because we have not actually witnessed it. <gasps> we've tracked them with GPS and we know that's where they're going, but nobody's actually seen eels bang. This is our calling. <laughs> yes, we're going to go. 3,000 meters deep into the ocean and watch eels bang. Wait, are you telling me? Well, when so, you put it like that. What is it? Is it Wild America?
1: Where they <laughs> yes. go out and they're, like, filming all that, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we should do that, but with eels is right. what you're saying. Right, yeah, because
0: no one's tried this before and, and there's now, no way we could fail.
1: Let's go ahead and point out, you're talking um, going to Sargasso Sea to, to where the eels are being bred, right? Because that's where we need to see it happening. So we'll be filming a lot of just really tiny worms
0: yeah yeah but Sargasso c is a really cool name really cool name really cool name and we might get a little eel porn (laughs) yes yeah you got it now the weird doesn't end there it never ends colin that's why we keep doing this shit mentionable mysteries here's some fun facts about eels uh, a fun fact. I'm going to start with metamorph- the metamorphosis from yeah. the yellow eel to the silver eel, because right. that shit is wackadoo. Uh, here's what he wrote in the Book of Eels. Uh, just a-, a short passage for you. Short passage. The silver eels wander back out into the Atlantic and set off toward the Sargasso Sea. And as though by deliberate choice, the eel's body adapts to the conditions of the journey. Only now do its reproductive organs develop... Its fins grow longer and more powerful to help propel it. Its eyes grow larger and turn blue to help it see better in the depths of the ocean. Its digestive system shuts down. Its stomach dissolves. From now on, all the energy it needs will be taken from existing fat reserves. Its body fills with roe or melt. No external interference can distract the eel from its goal. It makes its way to the Sargasso Sea. It breeds. It dies. Are these aliens... Seriously, though. dude. Well, are these okay. aliens,
1: so that's just it. I mean, let's think about okay, so let's talk about octopus, right? I mean, well, that's a whole nother fucking episode, yeah, another episode, itself. right? But, but that's very much like you know, there's some weird, weird shit. shit yeah. Well, I like the
0: you know, I mean, maybe you've heard the weird uh conspiracy theory that like uh dolphins are from yes. another planet or aliens right, or whatever, oh, yeah. and it's like, why aren't we looking at eels? Yeah, This is some fucking weird shit.
1: I think maybe they're all intertwined. I think the eels, the dolphins, the octopus, yes they're all just sitting in the ocean right now laughing at us like, ah,
0: they'll be here someday. Just reason one million and three that I won't go in the ocean. Eels? No, not really. I'll go in the ocean. Now, here's what confused me about all of this is I'm reading about European eels. Mm-hmm. So, like, what about the rest of them? Right. Now, it turns out a lot of other eels, like the electric eel, the moray eel, they actually evolved completely separately, like not even cousins. Uh, the American eel and the Japanese eel, however, are cousins. American and European eels both come from the same place, the Sargasso Sea, but are two distinct species. So, they both species breed in that same area. And but then evolve then, into their next form elsewhere. But, but then half of them end up in America, half end up in Europe, the American being distinct from the European eel in that it, I think it has like an, a couple extra vertebrae. Now, what was rather perplexing to Johannes and possibly to you is how do they know where to go? Yeah, especially that's actually literally what I was just thinking. As larvae. Yeah, just like uh, some weird now, fucking... Like, th-
1: yeah, you're talking like, okay, so ha- f- you just watched 10 eels go off this way. What makes you
0: think... Oh, I'm still supposed to go that way. So here's how it works. The American eels are able to break away from the ocean currents carrying them earlier due to faster growth and make uh th- then they make for American shores. Japanese eels' life cycle is actually pretty much identical, but they breed somewhere else in the ocean. So, like, they have this weird, like, thing where, like, they're all similar but, like, in different places or, like, I don't it's know. It's just like us. It, I feel like maybe there was, like, when the continents drifted, they kind of ended up like the Japanese eels, maybe split from the original okay, group or okay. something. Who knows? I it's weird shit. That's uh, why. That's why we do. That's this. why we do it. So the
1: last thing <laughs> I so we can be like we don't know. Yeah, we don't it's know. It's weird, weird shit. It's some fucking sure right?
0: <laughs> The last thing I want to talk about is the Brentovic Eel, which is a uh, yes, little yes. bit of a legend from Very majestic. Of of Sweden. Yes,
1: it's uh, known uh, he owned a sword that made him rule the kingdom of eels.
0: Yes, he was uh, basically... The... How long are we going to go with this? <laughs> he was... Uh, what? What's the fish man's name? <laughs> Namor? <laughs> yeah, Namor. He was the Namor of eels. <laughs> nice
1: nice little marvel column there i like that wasn't
0: that dc though oh shit Is no, no more? more
1: no no more. we're not doing that yeah, right okay now. all right all right
0: <laughs> so samuel nilsson from south sweden at the age of eight caught an eel out of a river and dropped it in the well on his family's farm the eel was capable of surviving in the well off of insects and worms and did so for a long time unable to complete its metamorphosis and make its long journey to the ocean where it would breed and then die it just kept living Almost as if it were immortal. Almost as if it continued living by choice. Like, yep, this makes sense. I haven't bred yet, so I can't die yet. Samuel Nilsson grew old and passed away, as did his children and his grandchildren. The legend of this ancient eel made its way around, and at a ripe age of about 150, a TV crew got permission to look for it and actually found it in the bottom of the well. Uh, They recorded the whole ordeal. No one was able to confirm its age or that it was, in fact, Samuel's eel, but it seems hard to refute, and I don't want to. That's (laughs) wild. 150 150 years old.
1: 150, and it's just because it's like, yeah, this is...
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, keeping eels in captivity is extremely difficult. Patrick Svensson, the author, he talks about having tried to keep one in a tank at one point, and it just did not go well. Uh, But there was another guy, and it's documented very well, that was actually able to keep an eel in a tank, and it would, like, eat from his hand. Like, he hand-fed it. Whoa. And... Mm, Meet my pet eel. Yeah, and he ended up passing that eel on to other family members, and it bounced around from place to place, and it lived for, like, 88 years or something like that. Whoa, dude, what? What? So the typical eel actually lives, I think it said something like 20 to 25 years. That's what years. I thought you said, yeah, before they go off. And- but if they don't get that final stage in their metamorphosis, they're just like, eh, I'll chill. What the fuck? Yeah, real weird fucking So what you're fish. telling
1: me is the secret to uh, the meaning of life and immortality is lies within the eels. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we've been looking at yeah, all I, these... I think we
0: definitely cracked that one. Yeah, I think... Well, I mean, or at least onto something.
1: Yeah, I think we need to call some scientists and be like, why have you not been looking at eels and the, the, the ability to survive just because
0: they haven't bred? Well, and he talks about kind of uh, the what kind of an existence that must have been for an right? eel living in a well for 150 years. I mean, to the eel, it's just, it's just living. Is it? I don't know. Who knows? Who Or knows? is it an alien species that was like, wow, well, I got real fucked here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should have listened to the other guys. <laughs> so I've already said the name a million times, but The Book of Eels, it's a fantastic book. Uh, it, it it formed... Uh, it, if it wasn't for that, it would have been very hard to make a timeline for all of this. Yeah. Uh, so I give a lot of credit to that book. There was a whole lot of, you know, smattering of information from the internet and stuff. Yeah, but, of course. You know, digging uh, around very interesting read really touching stories from his childhood and it's really engrossing it really makes you want to keep reading the next chapter and figure out what the hell is going on with the eel
1: so make sure you tune in next week where colin keeps
0: talking about eels because <laughs> his
1: newfound lifelong obsession yeah, seriously though like eel tattoo it's happening oh my god no the con you are forbidden to get a fucking eel <laughs> tattoo But wow, what a great mystery. Yeah, it's a good mystery. It's It's, a good
0: mystery. I think it's one of my favorites, at least this season. And a thousand likes, and Colin will get an eel tattoo. Yeah, ac- actually. That's it? Just a thousand? I'll co- Shit, yeah. I'll commit to that. Uh, we'll make a post on Facebook, and if we get a thousand likes, I'll get an eel tattoo. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> this is happening. This is totally I said happening. It's more of a joke, but really, really, no, really. This is really going to happen. happen. Yeah, this no, I'm down. Good. All right, Colin. I don't even in. have any tattoos, but I'll get this one. That's it. Sealed, dude. We're uh, just Keep an eye, mention eye out. Mentionables, keep an eye out
1: for that post and definitely like it. Well, whether you're having some turkey, whether you're doing like a vegetarian or vegan thing, whatever it is, whatever your family... Well, maybe you're frying up some eel.
0: I, I, that's what I was getting to. You make maybe. sure you do it right, because their blood is poisonous. That's, oh, that's fucked oh. up. Yeah, you didn't I mention I didn't that, that, did coming. you?
1: No, I don't know if he did. <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. Either way, vegetables. we are so thankful for all of you guys. Thank you for sticking with us and the tuning in to, I don't know, however many episodes you've gotten through now. Uh,
0: we've got two more. We've got yep two, two, two more of this season for season two and of, then uh, to we're gonna a take list. a little break we're gonna head down to florida for work and we're gonna keep podcasting from there yeah a little traveling and we'll we, yeah i mean we'll, we'll
1: keep you updated we'll keep you posted yeah we'll
0: figure it out and then but, you'll figure it out but we're
1: gonna keep doing our normal shit we're gonna keep up with the podcast we're not gonna let our work or travels get in the way of that we're just gonna let it we're gonna add power to. house through it yeah exactly so with that, all that being said, give us the fucking likes, the subscribes. Keep in touch. Get the notifications going so every time we drop a new episode or make posts on Facebook, you see it.
0: Please, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we also have an Instagram at Not Two and in Facebook at Not Two M. That is the number two. We have a YouTube channel. It's uh, pretty uh, sweet. Check it out. It's a YouTube channel. Check it out. It's a it's a channel. It's uh, a channel. No, we are we are actually very seriously considering <laughs> we've got time so many times we've, we've got said this. time off coming up and
1: there are going to be things developing and happening hey, we we've had discussions about this youtube yeah. is too large of a platform
0: we've not got to to season three word. coming out a lot of big stuff yes. but but always progressing. Always moving forward. You can check out our website, ww.nottomentionpodcast.com. And if you have any quests, comments, or concerns, you can get a hold of us at not to pod at gmail.com. Wherever you listen to podcasts, six AM every, every Thursday, Thursday not every... to mention podcast and I, I, Thursday.
1: I it's a fun thing to do. And this is scary <laughs>